sideways. Yeah, something like that. Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And this episode, we are going to be talking about... I'm not even 100% sure what we're going to be talking about right well, now. I mean, we have an idea, don't get me wrong. Let's but give credit where credit's due. Brian reached out to us um, and you know, up, about, Brian? about doing um, sequels that were better than than the original. So we took your base idea and we're not exactly sure where we're going to Yeah, we're, we're kind of... I had proposed this to Dave <clears> that we would... Um, that we would um, do remakes, you know, both movies and music that were better than the originals, and also do sequels yeah. that were better than the original just on the movie side. Well, Dave didn't do any of the movie stuff. <laughs> well, let's let's do a little backstory here. Um, last week, it, I, I'm trying to remember who all I've told this, but let's put it this way: Dave was suddenly faced with the fact that he's getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up in the hospital with yeah. what I thought was a heart attack. Yep, yep. Luckily, it wasn't a heart attack. They did a heart catheter on me and found no blockages in that the heart had good heart function. And I've been to the doctor again, and they're still trying so to figure out what's going on. they did confirm that you have a heart. I do have so a heart. <laughs> yeah. Did they make sure you had a brain? That was the next thing. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, you think you're going to get a lot, get off light just because you got hurt and because you're, you know, went to yeah. the hospital. <laughs> you saw the text message between me and you and Corey. <laughs> I did. I did. But I'm, I'm actually. We don't know what's wrong with me, but I, it's not the the heart or the circulatory hey, system. I've been wondering what was wrong right with now. you for over 25 years. So it's well, just... <laughs> I think we confirmed on the, one of the last podcasts what your problem well, is. Well, we know what my problem is. <laughs> I got no problem. So, I got no problems. Everybody else got problems. I don't know what you're talking so about. So I, I was in the process of working on it, and... Um, well, life had other plans for yeah, me. Well, so. see, but you had all that that free that free time, do you know? You work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of free time in the hospital. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we are going to be talking about uh, a lot of music and some movies. Uh, is basically what it comes down to. Um, Which is basically every other podcast. Pretty anyway. much, it's, it's kind of what we do. It, it, it is definitely our brand. So, uh, okay, do you want to? Uh, started off well i went i went with music and okay and because you're always complaining about it i actually went of course i'm still on paper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but i only went a page and a half okay um one two three four five six seven eight nine i, I kept it to ten i did a ten list well, you know what's funny i actually have 11 which it, no it, i no, i have 10 i have 10 i take that back which so. um i found an album that is probably going to blow that out of the water All right. as as I normally do. But I'm going to start with, you know I like Otis Redding. Right. You know I like Sam Cooke. I actually right. prefer Sam Cooke more than Otis Redding. Fair Redding. enough. Um, but I actually... You go with his respect? Respect. Yep. What you want, baby, I got it. What you need, do you know I got it too. All I'm asking is for a respect. The Aretha Franklin... Version of respect is over and beyond. It is what so much did. better than his version. Yeah. It also, I mean, she took that song and made it into something completely different. Yes. Not just in in like 
style and form, but, but actually transform the meaning of the song yes, on absolutely. top of it all. And it's and yeah, and of course it's Aretha, and you know, you you get those golden pipes in a song, and it's just amazing. So uh, you got to go back and listen to some of her early stuff, especially yeah. the the um, oh the sessions down the Muscle Shoals right, stuff. Right, right. The Muscle Shoals stuff is just amazing. Mm-hmm. I so. agree. Yeah, so that's a good one. I, I left that one off my list because it's. Kind of. Now, don't get me wrong. I have some on mine that are that are very. I'm, I'm probably going to have a lot of weird stuff tonight. Yeah, I, I have you... some mainstream stuff here. Uh, in that same vein, I'm going with Ike and Tina Turner's version of Proud Mary. That's a good one. Because that was a Creedence Clearwater Revival song to yeah. begin with. And their version's good, but it's nothing compared to Ike and Tina Turner's version. Oh, it's so. a totally different style. It is. It is. So. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny to like even go back and listen to that CCR version. Yeah. And you're like, what? Because <laughs> it's one of those things where Ike and Tina own that song. Yeah. Know? There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So. What do you got next? Um, this is going to be a short episode if this is all we're doing. Well, <laughs> maybe, but um, you ever heard of Richard Thompson? Yep. Um, Del McCurry and yep. his band did a cover of 52 Vincent Black Lightning. Okay. And I, while I like Richard Thompson, I really, really like the Del McCurry version of that song. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. I mean, I, I know both of those yeah. artists, but I'm not familiar with the Del, song. Del so. McCurry is uh, a bluegrass. Blue yeah, I know, I know who Del McCurry is. Yeah, yeah. Bluegrass. And their version of the song is amazing. You know, you might want to drop samples like right. I will. Here. I'm going to. I'm going to wind up finding. <laughs> I'm going to wind up finding the stuff and, and dropping it in. Cause yeah. <laughs> you love making me do work, so. <laughs> well, you. <laughs> I got a lot of free time. I know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get my big one that I know is going to like cause controversy because every time that I say it, it, it causes controversy. Somewhere. Okay. The, um. Of course, my mind is going completely blank because <laughs> I didn't write down the artist's names on here. Like, oh, I'll remember that. No, I wrote everything down. Um, I, I should have because obviously I'm I'm, I'm getting older and, and can't remember this stuff. Like, hey, at least said. you didn't almost have a heart attack. <laughs> That's true. Okay, the Joe Cocker version of "With a Little Help from My Friends" it is Beatles far superior to the Beatles version. Okay, I mean. Far superior. Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Yeah. Oh, baby, I can I will Well, you're, and you're talking about a song that was off the Sgt. Pepper's right. album. And, and Ringo sang it. Uh. <laughs> You know, and it wasn't necessarily meant to be the rocker that 
no no pun intended that Joe Cocker made it. Joe Cocker took that song and completely transformed it into something else. Jimmy Absolutely. Page plays a guitar on it. You know, it's back when he was a session player. Yep. And, but it's just one of those things where it's like that is the definitive version of that song now. I mean, that there's now you know the Wonder Years helped with that quite a bit. Oh you know, yeah, with that intro and everything. But it's still one of those things that like I'll be honest, I. I don't even like listening to the Beatles version of it at all. You're not a Beatles fan. I will, but it's also one of those things that, like, I just don't like that version of it. You know, I get it. You know, don't get me wrong. There are Beatles songs that I really, really like, but that one is not one of them. And then Joe Cocker went and said, "Hey, let me let me play with this a little bit," and then turned it into a masterpiece. Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna plug your other thing that you do. Okay, the the bedroom concerts. I I think you're gonna have to do a month of Beatles songs that you actually like. I could, I could. Uh, It would be a lot of early Beatles. Uh, Honestly, it would be it would be the quote unquote boy band Beatles more than it would be the the acid rock Beatles. You know, I I like some of the later Beatles stuff. Some of it's okay. Some of it. Yeah. I like some of it, but I really do like more of the, you know, the Love Me Do and I Want to Hold Your Hand. The 50s and, and 60s Yeah, the stuff. 60s. Yeah. You know, the early, like the very early stuff. Yeah. Um, that's just me, though. So, anyway. Um, I've actually got two Neil Diamonds, mm. Neil mm-hmm. Diamond songs on here. Um, the first one I'm going to do, uh, UB40 covered it. Oh, no. I love that really? version of Red, 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 Red Wine. Wine. Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. I do. You you can make fun of me all okay, you want. No, no. Hey, it's. I, I think it's better than his. Okay, that's fair. Have you heard his version? Yeah, it's not yeah, very good. It's not very <laughs> I'll good. Admit, I'll admit that, but I, I'm not a big fan of the UB40 version of it either. So I mean, it's a. I, I, that's just me personally. But I like a, some of the stuff that UB40 did. Some, but you, you never heard them do any original stuff. Was the problem? They were always covering somebody's. No, I. Somebody I else's I'll be honest stuff. with you. I have I had a couple albums from UB40, and I I did listen to some of the original. Yeah. Stuff and it wasn't bad. Okay, did you uh, get in a fight at the concert? <laughs> I didn't go to the concert. I said I owned a couple CDs. I didn't say I went to the concert. Hey, if you got in a fight in the concert, you might be a, a Supreme Court justice one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would anyway. that would be a bad turn for the country. I'm afraid. Yeah. What was your other uh, um, Neil Diamond uh, covered by Urge Overkill? That actually is "Girl, You'll Be a Woman, woman Soon." soon. That is a very, very good cover. And, and I'll admit, I'm I'm biased because mm. I love Urge Overkill. Right. And I've got pretty much everything they put out uh, on CD. Um, so this wasn't a hard choice for me yeah. at all. You know, in that same vein, this is not one of mine. This is just, but since we're talking about Neil Diamond, do you know like what I think is, is a, a wonderful cover of Neil Diamond? What? It's Will Ferrell doing uh, Forever in Blue Jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, of course, it's more of a, it's an impression, yeah. but it's still one of those things where it's like, no, that, that's that's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you got next? My next one, um, a lot of people don't know that this is a cover. 
but it's Elvis Costello's cover of What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. Oh, 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 um, um. It's the only pain and hatred and misery. And each time I feel like this inside, there's one thing I want to know. What's so funny about I just had the original artist, and I can't think of it now. did a Christmas album with one of your favorite bands, Los uh, Straight Jackets. Oh, I can't pull it. I can't pull it. Nick Lowe. That's right. Nick Lowe, yeah. That's right. And if you go back and listen to that Nick Lowe version, it's good, but it does not have the bombast (laughs) that the the Elvis Costello (laughs) version has. No, the the, the Elvis Costello version is is, a good one. It really is. And And, um, shout out to Los Straight Jackets, by the way. I I I love those guys. Yeah, I think if you listen to that album, that Christmas album, it's really good. Like It was like, I remember, of course we're going to do a lot of of, Of uh, sidetracks because that's what we do. Um, when they when they released that album, I think do you remember me like texting you or like yeah, turn on the Tonight Show. Yeah. Why turn on the Tonight Show because they were performing and it was like yeah. and, <laughs> you know and I was used to you know I had no idea they had gotten that big because I was mm-hmm. used to watching them play down at Blue Sky Court right, right, and, and right. The, which then became the Phoenix and then they played they basically lived there right. Um, they actually they opened up for Webb Wilder one night at 328 Performance Hall, and I have one of the Luchador masks nice. that I nice. bought at the show. Nice. There should be more bands with Luchador masks. There really should be. There, there really kind of should be. Just wearing it, masks in general. Yeah, you know, that, that's, like, <laughs> that, that, that's in style right now. Yeah, I guess. It was a, <laughs> there was a band that played around here. It was in Nashville. They were... They were uh, I hesitate to call them a, a surf rock band, but they were in that style. It was all instrumental stuff. Yeah. They were called um, Daikachu or something like that. And they wore kabuki masks. Oh, and okay. they played. And it was like, I've seen, I, I, I had never heard of them until I was at this, this show one night at uh, Mercy Lounge. And they started, and they came out to play, and it was just kind of like, holy crap, these guys are good, you know? Nice. And I never said a word, never nothing. They just played music. That's all they did, you know? Well, that was the great of, thing about um, Low Straight Jackets mm-hmm. is in between songs, they would actually, like, talk and introduce the songs, but it was all in Spanish. Oh, well, there you go. So. Yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> all right, cool. What so, you got next? Um, it's a Leonard Cohen song. Then Hallelujah. But it's the Jeff Buckley cover. Right. I've got that on my list also. Yeah. yeah. It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing hallelujah, 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 I mean, again, Jeff Buckley owns that song now. <laughs> he he really does. Um, you know, Leonard Cohen is an amazing artist in mm-hmm. his own right and an amazing songwriter. Yep. But when you have a voice like Buckley's come in and do that to that song. The thing about that song is that somewhere in the mid 2000s and I think Grey's Anatomy had something to do with it. Like somebody covered it on one of their 
soundtracks or something and then all of a sudden you started seeing a ton of covers Everywhere. of the song and then I, I remember and i know it's a, it's a show that you, you don't care much about but the oc no, i don't care yeah, i know okay so it. but so that that came on the air in 03 and that first season the last episode there's this big montage like of whatever they <clears> used that so almost the entire song like they cut down some of it but they they did use like three minutes of that song yeah uh, and it's the buckley version you know and i was like oh and then you started just seeing it everywhere well, here and there and it's the a, last winter olympics that was in canada um i remember when that was it's been uh, a while well yeah. katie lang came out and covered the song also oh, really? in the okay. opening ceremonies okay. and that was a really good cover also yeah so it's a, it's a good song uh, now i gotta say also in that I'm not a huge fan of, of these guys, but I recognize their talent. You know, Pentatonics. Yeah. Have you heard their version of it? It's actually really good. I actually kind of like Pentatonics. I kind of do. Now, they've had lineup changes. It's not the same. I don't know. This is an older version yeah. of it, I know. I, I think it was the original lineup that did it. So. I don't I don't think the guy that did the bass parts is with, with the group anyway, yeah. anymore. It's a, so. it's a different guy. They're now. one of those groups that, like, I know they came off of what the the uh, was it uh, America's Got Talent? Or no, something, no, no. Or it was the it voice was, or something. It was the sing off. Was that what it was? It was the okay. sing off where they had all the acapella I, bands. It was I, all acapella. It was bands. one of those shows. That Nashville they came actually off. put a group on the show and, oh, yeah. and did really well with. It. I can't remember what the name of the group was. My wife is screaming at me through the. Oh yeah, the mic <laughs> it's right like, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I don't but remember that. <laughs> we went and saw them at the basement, and oh, it yeah. was really good. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of those things that you know, you get there the way you get there. And Pentatonics is, you know, they are a very talented group. Yes, um, I don't always like their music so much but they are a very talented group and uh, uh i'll be funny it was now, funny they, you know you know where i really started paying attention to them more than anything else is that they were on sesame street oh yeah I and that, yeah. it was funny because like my son when he was about two years old started watching these clips from sesame street on his ipad all the time and they were doing the one two three four five six seven yeah. eight, and they were doing it all acapella and they, and they kept doing like all these different songs that you know from the you know from yeah, sesame yeah, street yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like okay these guys are good like th yeah. this is good that they're doing all this stuff so anyway so but my favorite cover they do um they actually do with Lindsay sterling you know who I'm talking about, Lindsay. She was on, uh, it was either like the X Factor or something. She's the one that plays no violin idea. and dances at oh, the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. That, I do know who you're talking about. The little yeah. cute redhead. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's a, and that's the whole thing is that, like, I know she's done songs with, like, a bunch of people. Like, yeah. she was Serena Carpenter and a bunch of different, but you know. But they did a cover of Imagine Dragons. Um, oh. God, I had it. You, I Imagine Dragon, it. I have yeah. no idea. So, I mean, that's... Uh, they're they're not a a group that I ever really got into. So something about the chemicals. I don't know. I don't know. I've lost it. I've You're talking it. about music that's come out in the last decade. I have no yeah. clue. So it's <laughs> all right. My next one. Uh, hmm. Okay. I have two Dylan songs. I've got a Dylan song also. It's one of them covered by Jimi Hendrix. Yes, all on the Watchtower. Yes, absolutely. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. 
Hendrix version of All Along the Watchtower is is the preeminent it is. All Along the Watchtower like version. Unfortunately, even, even, it has been co-opted by Hollywood to represent yeah. uh, that and Fortunate Son or the two songs that represent Vietnam. Yeah. They just that those two songs play. Anytime you see a helicopter flying into the jungle, you're gonna hear uh, uh, all along the watchtower. All along the watchtower, you're gonna hear a lot of CCR. Yeah, and that and it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, this obviously this is code for Vietnam. Okay, yeah, but. That version of All Along the Watchtower is better than any version I've ever heard. Well, even Dylan has said that. Yeah, I mean, that's... Um, Bob Dylan is like, no, that's Jimmy's song now. Yeah, it absolutely so. is, you know. The other one that I have um, was a Birds cover. They did... Now, the Birds did a couple of Dylan songs. They did a Mr. Tambourine Man, yeah. which... But my favorite of, of the ones of the Dylan songs they did was My Back Pages. Using ideas as my maps. Okay. And that I have always, I think I've told this story before, but when a decade ish ago, when I was working for um, um, uh, the Loveless Cafe here in Nashville, and they had uh, at that time, uh, Music City Roots, uh, the show was coming yeah. live from the barn out there. And so I worked that for like the first year that it was, that it was going on. You yeah. Know? And uh, one day I come into work and you know they, you always hear people doing sound check and stuff you know and i come walking in the side and i'm walking because it's out it was in the springtime yeah uh we had a outdoor patio you had patios on both sides that we yep. would, you know we would have open up you know and I, I ran basically ran a snack bar over there for you know that kind of stuff so i come in and i'm hearing yeah. music coming from inside and somebody doing sound check i'm like man that's a rickenbacker guitar like there's no like that twelve string Rickenbacker. There's no denying what that sound is. Oh no, whatsoever, you know. And uh, I'm like, wow. He's and, they, they, and like the, the opening refrain of uh, My Back's Pages starts playing, and I was like, man, that sounds just like the Birds version. Yeah. And then the dude started singing, and I was like. Holy crap! That's Roger McGinn, <laughs> and I did, dude. I made a beeline inside, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" You know, not was not advertised to be on the show that night. It was one of the things he was in town for a songwriter deal, yeah. and they were like, "Hey, can you come over?" And Do and it was funny because he's sitting there and he's going through it, and everything, and the whole place just stopped. Yep. Everybody that was working, like you know, getting set up, or just stopped. And when he got finished, everybody started applauding and everything. You know, it was just like I was just like, "Holy crap!" That was <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was one of the great things about living and working in Nashville. Yes, a lot of times is. is that you have those little like. I was not expecting this to happen tonight. Well, you know, that's um, when I was work. That's kind of like when I was working for that other college that I worked mm-hmm. for. Um, they had a big basketball arena, right? And I was told, "Hey, I need you." need you to go over and just sit and you know control the house lights while, right, right. while they do their rehearsals and you know you can eat lunch while you're over there it's no big deal little did i know it was the nashville symphony doing warm-up and rehearsal for their show with michael mcdonald oh, so nice. i got paid to eat lunch and, and, and listen, watch michael mcdonald watch michael mcdonald you did know. he do uh, uh yes <laughs> Yes. I swear to Christ, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. <laughs> yes. 
they did the entire set yeah. and it was even as a rehearsal it was amazing yeah, so yeah. Uh, well, since you were talking about the birds, okay. this is the one that's probably going. This is the one that's going to take my okay. um, list from ten to several. Mm. Um, back in the mid nineties, mm-hmm. um, they came out with a tribute album to Graham Parsons. Nice. Okay. And which song are you just going to do the entire? Uh, did they it, did they do Return of the Grievous Angel? They did. Okay. It's and a, if I remember right, it was Whiskey Town. That actually did it, which was Ryan, oh, Ad- yeah. Ryan Adams' band before, before he, he became went Ryan Adams. Yeah, no. and that was a good one. But for me, um, she okay. She came from the land of the cotton, band that was near Which was a which was Emmy Lou Harris and the Pretenders. Right, was a great one. Um, the second, I'm just going to run down the list because okay. all of these are amazing. I love Graham Parsons. Oh yeah, uh, Graham but, Parsons, man. But he did that super twangy. He was oh, yeah. trying to be it's as Cali- punk- it was that California country. Yeah. is what it was. Yeah, um, but before the Eagles really started doing that, probably my favorite two, favorite three off of this album are Sin City. Okay. Which was a duet with Beck okay. and Emmy Lou Harris. Okay, that's interesting. All right. You've already heard a little bit of it. Oh, is that what you were playing um, earlier? Yeah. <laughs> the Mavericks covered Hot Burrito Number One. Okay. Which was a great cover. Um, and you know how I feel about Wilco. Oh yeah. Because I was a uh, Sunvolt fan. Right. But their cover of One Hundred Years from Now. That makes perfect sense that Wilco would do yeah. a Graham Parsons song because they really want to be Graham Parsons in a lot of ways. Jeff Tweedy, you can tell. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. even even the Rolling Stones loved Graham mm-hmm. Parsons because Wild Horses. Right. Um, Mick Jagger came out and said that he and Keith sat down and tried to right, write a, a Graham song, Par- a, a Graham Parsons, Parsons song, song yeah, and that's yeah. what they wrote, yeah. you know, in you know, trying to be a Graham Parsons. That happens sometimes. <clears throat> You artists will purposely try to write like someone else, and yeah. you get this weird, you know. Um, but that's kind of like um, I wore out two CDs of this album. Okay, cool. I love this album. Graham Parsons. I'll say this the same way that we when we talked about like the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, Graham Parsons is one of those dudes that like if you know, you know. Yeah, and if you don't, you need to. You it, know, it, that's. <laughs> You need to go back and read kind of the mythology well, on this guy. The, the biggest thing about Graham Parsons, most people remember, is the whole his manager stealing his body and taking it out to Joshua Tree and burning it because that was a, a pack that they had yeah. made. You know, uh, now a lot of that story has been embellished over the years, or even and if it even, even happened. really happened. Yeah. I know, so it's kind of one of those. There's this whole mythos around Graham Parsons, yeah. More than his death, or his, you know, than, and, and than he anything. Was, he was a huge um, nudie fan. He had yep. I don't know how many different nudie suits. Yeah, you know. So there's, you know, there's a connection. And for to those Nashville of you that don't here. know, the nudies is a, 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 a shop here in Nashville that that sells that they sell like these specialized. Uh, if you've ever seen the Grand Ole Opry, yeah, pretty seen, much the, um, the rhinestone. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're talking about. Um, um, uh, oh, Porter Wagner. Porter Wagner, yes. Porter Wagner. Those are nudie, yeah. Those are those are nudie suits. And, um, uh, and the only one who had more gaudy nudie suits than than him was Graham Parsons. Uh, Chris Isaac might be up there. Well, you <laughs> might be right. You might be right. Chris Isaac really really loves those things as well. Um, I mean, they're they're so gaudy. They're cool. Yeah. 
You know, and I didn't put it on my list because I don't think anybody can do a better job than than Roy Orbison, but um, Chris Isaac did only the lonely. Yeah, on I think it was his first. I can't remember. It was, I can't remember if it was no, it was on the Baja sessions, and it's one of those things. It's a really good yeah. cover, but it's still no Roy Orbison. Right. <laughs> that's the that's the thing with Roy Orbison. Again, if you if you never listen to much of Roy Orbison, go listen to Roy Orbison because the dude, he yeah, he was just an amazing Hold singer on, and songwriter. So your your Chris Isaac thing brought up another mm. one that I should have thought of. Well, that's okay. Let me go on since uh, you just did like you know twelve of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna pull one out from under you because I know I am. Okay, Johnny Cash's version of Hurt. Don't have it on really. Here. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the Because I knew you would cover it. That, Trent Reznor said that song belongs to Johnny Cash now. Yeah. After after his, you know, he, he put his... And it was also one of those things of, especially along with the music video that they made yeah. for that video or for that song Johnny being at the end of his life yeah and it really and it's one of those well, things they, it, they and it, it was shot the, the whole thing was shot at, at the, the old house of, house of cash, cash which museum was in Hendersonville completely in disrepair and was not open to the public and had been condemned and yeah. and all that kind of stuff and so it's one of those things that you just see this man who was larger than life that is now at the end and it's very much and, and the song itself you know just yeah. it's, it's it's this the, you can you can hear the weather in his voice of he's older now and that kind of stuff and yeah. it's just one of those things of like you know and, and that whole like especially to the end you know that whole you, know, you can have it all my empire of dirt you know and that yeah. type, it's just like yeah this is which this he is, changed the lyric from the what, Trent I, yeah from the second verse he changed that 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 lyric, but it's still one of those things where it's like, yeah. it just made perfect sense for someone who was at the end. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but that when, when Johnny Cash died in, in 2003, the uh, Nine Inch Nails website was a black for 24 hours. Yeah. Just completely. I mean, it was, that was a thing that Trent Reznor was like, now nah, Johnny, yeah. he, he, yeah, that, that's a, and there were a lot of tributes to him when he died, you know, of people that you wouldn't necessarily, you know, Snoop Dogg was a big one. No, like, he was a huge Johnny Cash. Johnny fan, Cash right? influenced everybody. I know, I know. And that's uh so I mean but that's uh it, it, it literally Johnny Cash influenced everybody, everybody. from Elvis on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's well like a, <laughs> I mean you've got the the famous picture right, where it's the Johnny million dollar, and, million yeah, dollar quartet. Well, it's, uh, it's him and Johnny and uh, um, Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis and um um, the guy that sing blue suede shoes. Um, damn it, I can't believe that. Over from Jackson, Tennessee. I can't believe I'm forgetting it. Carl Perkins. Carl, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, that's yeah. They call him the Million Dollar Quartet. Yeah, you know. And it's uh, again one of those things where it's yeah, you can't go wrong with you know with this stuff. But it was one of those things. I mean, it's yeah. Johnny Cash had an influence on everybody after him 
whether they knew it or not sometimes. So. Well, you're talking about Chris Isaac and him doing yeah, covers of Roy right. Albertson. Well, um, Corey Taylor of Slipknot mm-hmm. has another band called Stone Sour. Right. And they've actually done a bunch of acoustic covers of other songs, and one of them they did was Wicked Game. World was on fire and no one could save me but you Strange what desire will make foolish people do And I never dreamed that I'd need somebody like you And that's actually, he does a great cover of that song. You know, there's when you say that, because again, there's been several people who have covered that song, yeah. but there's this artist, I'd never heard of her before. Her name's Courtney J. Okay. J-A-Y-E is the last name. And she does Wicked Game, and I love that version of it okay i mean and i will mm-hmm. drop it in here because i'm but it's drop them both in here. i will i'll drop us because it's one of those things that like i never dreamed that i'd meet somebody like you i never dreamed that i'd lose somebody like you no i I've played that for other people over the years of like, yeah, I found this cover and people are like, oh yeah, okay, fine, whatever. And then they listen to it like, holy crap, that's good. Yeah. It's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So what else you got? Um, okay. This is, there's going to be a certain set of people that's going to be upset with me when I say this again, because I'm going after another kind of sacred cow. Okay. Counting Crows did a cover of Friend of the Devil by the Grateful Dead that is far superior to the original version. Ran into the devil He loaned me 20 bills I spent the night in Utah In a cave up in the hills Sit out running but I take my time A friend of the devil is a friend of mine If I get home before daylight I might get some sleep tonight. I mean, I, I, far I, superior to the version, the original version. I know both versions. Mm-hmm. I like them both individually. Okay, I, I don't really put one over the other because they're so different. They from are each very other. different. The Counting Crows slowed it down quite a bit. There's a lot of piano on it. Yeah, and they really made it. Uh, what's the word I'm looking? At? It's a lot more down home. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. It really does have more a, of a down home vibe to it, and a little than, bit more forlorn than yes, than the absolutely. Which Counting Crows knows how to make everything more forlorn. Forlorn. Yeah. Uh, now they also did a really shitty version of um, um, the the oh the uh, put up a parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I hate that entire album actually. That album is not bad. That song is terrible. <laughs> that that song completely turned me off of uh, that entire. Yeah, what is that song? It's called. Um, I'm gonna look it up. That's just ridiculous. 
Because it's not called Pave Paradise. Pay Paradise or it's oh what's it's an old Joni Mitchell song. Um, yeah, it's Joni Mitchell. Anyway, blah blah blah. blah it's another one of those we should have had in, in our songs. You think are called one thing, but they're but they're have a completely different title. Killing Crows. Um, let's see here. It was on one of those. It was on. It was this on Desert hard, Life. No, it was on Hard Candy. It was on Hard Candy. Yeah, it was a bonus track, and then they also had a version with Vanessa Carlton. But yeah, no that big that, yellow taxi, big yellow taxi. That's what it was. No, I heard that song because that was like one of the first singles out on that one, right? And I look, I, I literally, which was actually it wasn't one of the first singles out. It was like on the it. first or the second. They because they they released American Girls, and then they released that one, which I guess so I guess it was the second one. And it was like, and the thing is, is the version that's on the album doesn't have Vanessa Carlton on it. They went back and re and like yeah. put her in later. I, I hated both of them. I know it, it's not. I, good. I heard the song not and good. I was like, there is no way I'm paying good money Firstly, for this album. I don't like that song to begin with. Uh, no, I'm not a. Now we're talking Joni now, Mitchell though. Yeah, someone who did do a good version of one of her songs was Crosby, Stills and Nash with Woodstock. Yeah. Their version of Woodstock is far superior to her versions. Now, I know that if Joni Mitchell was sitting here, she'd be pissed off about that because you know she doesn't think that anything she does is terrible. And <laughs> and the fact that you know we said that that uh, you know an all male group did something better than she did would be even like just heinous. But it's I'm sorry, it's true. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. I know, but it but I you know and that's a. Uh, all right. Well, you know, that's, you're getting your your hippy dippy crap there. So pe- anyway, people are probably going to be a little mad at me on this one. Okay, uh, it's a Dolly Parton cover. Mm, is it the? Uh, um, it's Jolene. Oh, okay, the one with um, Rhonda, Rhonda Vincent. Yeah. Rhonda Vincent, another bluegrass. Right. Um, I really like her version of Jolene better than I do Dolly Parton's. And I'm going to get a lot of hate over that. I have a hard time saying anyone does a better version of anything than Dolly Parton, except I do have to give Whitney Houston some credit for her version of I Will Always Love You. Okay. Because she brought a new dynamic to it, yeah. That that Dolly didn't have. No, to she begin did. With but but, but I, for me, I'm I'm a Rhonda Vincent fan. I got you. I, I think I, got you. I think she does a better job of um, doing Jolene than Rhonda Vincent in the I think it's the Thunder something like that. Yeah, I have one more on my list. Uh, I've got three. Okay, we'll go ahead. Gary Jules and Michael Andrews. I have no idea what you're talking about. Tears for Fears. Which song? Donnie Darko soundtrack. Oh. Mad World. Mad World. this version i like tears for fierce but this is the version i'll admit i like i like this version better than the original yeah 
But you're probably not a Tears for Fears fan. I no, I really do like Tears for Fears. I do like this version better than the original, but it's got that Darny Darko stink on it, and I just can't. Yeah, I can understand that. That is one of those movies. Obviously, it's a generational thing. Millennials yeah. love that movie for some reason. Actually, I, I like that. Okay. Movie. Well, you're a weirdo anyway. But it's <laughs> I'm not denying it. I'm not denying I, it. I have only seen the movie once. That's all I needed to see. Because I just sat there and it wasn't that it was so confusing. It wasn't. It was just like, this is just not good. Yeah. It just did not appeal to me whatsoever. And then it just became this huge Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko. And I'm like, I don't get now, it. I, I don't get it. You know? I, I will admit some people have overhyped the you movie. You think? No, they have. They have. But it's kind of like Garden State. I actually did not enjoy that movie. I hated that movie, man. That that. But if there you, is so much to make fun of in Garvin State. It's not even. I mean, it, if you could actually pull some of the overhype out of Donnie Darko mm-hmm. and just enjoy the movie for what it right. is, it's a good movie. Now, I'll tell you what's really cool about that version of Mad World. Okay. Do you remember? Do you remember the commercial for? The um, I think it was the first. I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one of Gears of War. Yes, that used that Donnie that yes. used that song, the Mad World in there, and it was such a haunting like. Yeah, because there's that scene where the, where the, where uh, yep. y- the Marine standing there, and then all of a sudden, like the big monster comes out of the darkness behind it. It's just yeah. like, oh, this is this is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was a great use of that song. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's that's a good one. I'm glad. I'm yeah, that's that's a good a good one. That uh, I have another one from that era also. Um, that was on a soundtrack. Again, I'm going back to the OC uh, because <laughs> I, I, I love the OC. And, and the thing is, is I, and you really ought to go back and listen to those soundtracks. Okay. For that, there's like four volumes of it or something like that because there's some really good music on there. Okay. There's a lot of indie stuff. You I'll, know, I'll and give everything. you that. That's a possibility. One of the things that came off of that was a cover of the Alphaville, Alphaville song Forever Young that was done by Youth Group. Let's dance in style, let's dance for a while Heaven can wait, we're only watching skies Hoping for the best, but expecting the worst Are you gonna drop a bomb or not? Oh no! I know exactly what you're talking oh, about. That dude, is a good song. This song is amazing. Like I, the Alphaville version is good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but their version of it, they really made it melancholy. I mean, it's one of those songs that just like grab you and just yeah. like won't let go. You know? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that that uh, Forever Young um, is such a good cover. Uh, there's another really good cover. I won't say that it's that was on that that same soundtrack. It's not better than the original, but it's up there. Okay. It's not a surf. I like not a surf. I do too. But they did a cover of um, "If You Leave" by Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. Oh yeah. 
that is very indie rock. It's got this droning bass line. It slowed down. That is just haunting. Yeah. I mean, just that song was always that. But how can you not like ELO? ELO. Oh no, sorry, sorry. No, I'm. <laughs> OMD. Wow. Yeah. yeah sorry. OMD, my. Yeah. My complete no, I brain got, fart. Hey, yeah. You get it. ELO. OMD, actually, uh, actually, yeah. what did is I was. I, on my lunch. What was the, the how what, bizarre? That was uh, <laughs> that was another one of those three letters. <laughs> what it, I know what did it to me yeah. is when I was supposed to be eating lunch today, I watched some um, some traveling Wilburys and some oh, nice, ELO nice. stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the Jeff Lynn stuff. Yeah, yeah it's Jeff like, Lynn. Um, um, where Danny Harrison was, you know, up playing with. Um, Oh yeah, Jeff Lynn. yeah. He yeah. looks so much like his dad. He sounds so much I like know. his dad. I mean, it's 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 scary to look at him. Yeah, they're just like, man, no, that's George Harrison right there. Yeah. That is a young George Harrison. Yeah, um, but yeah, that. Uh, oh, you know what? I actually do have one more in here. So go ahead. But yeah, I, I got, go, go I check got, out this. I got two. Um, okay. You know who the Crickets are? Yep, Buddy Holly. Yeah, was his backing band. Yeah. Right. Um, the Clash covered this song. Which one? I fought the law. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I, I know I know what you're talking about uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the the Clash version of that song. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now because I'm. We're really getting more into the. This was a good cover rather than better than the originals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we are. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was. Um, was it the Crickets? I think it was the Crickets. Yeah. I can't find it. Breaking rocks in the hot sun. I brought the long. Yeah. Yeah, the Clash. Yeah. I like you the know, Clash. You know how I feel about the Clash. I like the Clash. I know. I know. I, I like, I like for the most part, I like my punk rock to be American. So it's, uh, the, don't, don't get me wrong. There's a few British punk bands that I like. Like but, who? Well, now you're going to put me on the spot. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> the Buzzcocks, Buzzcocks are British, aren't they? You better check that one I out. I think they are. I really like. I'm, I don't know. Buzzcocks are a good one though. Yeah. While you're looking that up, I've got my. I'm gonna just go ahead and do my last one. Okay, that's fine because I got one more. Uh, so. um, it's cover of the Velvet Underground by the Cowboy oh, was it Junkies. Cowboy Junkies doing yep. Sweet Jane. Yeah. I okay. Love that, that is a good. Love Cowboy Jinx. They do a good cover of Me and the Devil Blues off yeah. the Pump Up the Soundtrack uh, soundtrack. Pump Up the Volume. Uh, pump Up the Volume soundtrack um, also. Mm, yes, they are an English band. There you go. Yeah, so I got one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Don't get me wrong. I don't hate the Sex Pistols, but we've talked about my... Although, I will say that I, I gained a little bit of respect for Johnny Rotten in the last six months. Oh, really? Yeah, because... Uh, and not to get political, but he came out and said the only punk rock thing to do is to vote for Donald Trump for president. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that is a very punk rock thing to do, actually. Oh, so it's, no. <laughs> uh, and I'm not endorsing Trump here. I'm just saying that I was like, no, that yeah, he was a disruptor. It makes sense. You know, oh, that's, <laughs> that's hysterical. Uh, but uh, yeah, now the Cowboy Junkies version of "Sweet Jane" is one of those songs. Okay, the Velvet Underground is one of those bands that every few years I decide, okay. I'm going to give them a shot. I'm going to listen to these guys and try to figure out what it is that everybody loves about them. Yeah. And I'll get a certain amount of, like, if you say on a scale from one like from one to this is the greatest band ever, I get somewhere in the middle of, I see yeah. it, but I don't feel it. There, you know, there's it's there's a, talent there. There is. They wrote some good songs. They did. They sound better when other people do them. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of truth in that. And it's the whole thing like with Lou Reed, okay? Yeah. I like Lou Reed's solo stuff better than I like the stuff that's Yeah, I can agree with okay? that. Um, Sweet Jane, though, is one of those songs that, like, it seems like ever since they recorded that song, whether it's an actual Velvet Underground recording of it, or it's a Lou Reed recording of it, yeah. or it's a Cowboy Junkies recording, or any number of anybody else, yeah. finds its way back into the social consciousness every few years in some some shape, way, or form. And now it's our fault because we brought it back up. Yeah, you actually, know, it's my fault. Actually, you know, but it, but it's one of those things. Like, I don't know. It's it's just a, it's it's one of those songs that I, I want to figure out what's so great about it but i can't i just can't listen to the know? cowboy junkies version yeah, of it. You'll even their it version out. is you know I, i'm sorry i love the cowboy junkies now you know the, the best thing that that happened with that was it was in natural born killers yeah you know that was where it really got its push you know uh now i remember the song being out prior to that yeah but that when whenever it was featured in uh when trent reznor featured it in on the soundtrack for um um natural born killers because you know he put that entire soundtrack together yeah. and did the score for it and everything it was like no this makes perfect sense um but personally if i'm going to go with a velvet underground song i'm going to probably going to go with heroin <laughs> now i've never heard a really good cover of that song because if you go back and listen to that song yeah it is so out of sync and i mean that is in yeah the drums speed up and slow down, not on purpose. They're just beating up and slowing down, and the, the guitar's slightly out at some point, and the bass is a little behind the beat. There's the, probably a reason for all oh, of that, I'm and sure. it's probably the title of the yeah, song. Yeah, I know, and, and it's one of those things. It's such a chaotic yeah. you know, song that I'm like, okay, I get it. Uh, my, But I guess that's enough about the Velvet Army. Yeah. It's Pendulette. Okay, you know okay. Penn and Teller. Yeah, Penn and I Teller. used to listen to his podcast, and he was always, you know, he was friends with Lou Reed. Yeah, and you know, of course, Lou Reed died a few years ago, and you know, he he did a wonderful episode, kind of eulogizing him and just talking about yeah. his friendship yeah, with him, yeah. that kind of stuff. And he's always talked about how much he loved the Velvet Underground, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I remember like listening to that episode, and then going and okay, I'm going to go listen to the Velvet Underground. I'm going to listen to some Lou Reed. I'm going to blah blah blah, and I was just like. I remember after a couple of hours of that, 
you know, because of him talking so glowing about this is like I could feel his passion for it, yeah. you know, and that kind of stuff. I couldn't find it myself. And I kept thinking to myself, it's like, I wish that I could hear them the way he hears them. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people like there, there there have been plenty of bands that I know people who are just huge fans of yeah. that I cannot, it just does not well, translate for me. My, my wife has a band, and um, actually her friend Tanya introduced her to mm-hmm. it, and they both just love this band. And I, you know, we'll I'll try to listen to one of the CDs when right. you know, we'll be on a road trip or something. She's like, oh, you got to listen to this. And I just, I can't do it. Right. I can't right. find, I can't find my passion for it right. like, like they have and i know it drives her crazy yeah you know a band like that for me is death cab for cutie like they got some good songs it, but, it, but it's one I of those just, things yeah. that i just i cannot find what it is that people love about them so much yeah it's like i can i can catch a part of it a piece of it every once in a while yeah but i never can get the full oh this is well, it, it was like you know? the obsession over um was it yellow card yeah you know, people loved that band, and I was just like, I don't get it. Again, you know, it's a couple of Gen Xers talking about millennial music here. You know, no, I but, mean, but that, you know, that that's, was the whole thing with that's like. That's not with even like, fair. Uh, I like a lot of the music. What's I the, like quite a bit of millennial music that came out. What's There's the Connor some, o, Connor o, Ober's band? Was it uh, um, oh, that everybody went nuts over back 15 ish years ago. And What's I was your just, magic box? Uh, yeah, it's it here, so I don't even want to look it up because, but it's just one of those. It wasn't. It wasn't the postal service. It was. Um, which they've got a bunch of good songs. It's not Snow Patrol. It's um, which I like Snow Patrol. They got some good stuff. They've got some good stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's just kind of one of those things where you know you get you get some bands like that, or yeah. you know, and I'm just like I don't get it. You know, somebody I don't get. I I fully fully admit that she's got a good voice but i just do not get the music okay adele really no i just i don't get it it just it does it does nothing for me whatsoever that album that she put out that had had, that had hello on it (laughs) yeah that thing sonically is a headphone album okay and it's amazing sonically and it's and I do enjoy the music and all that. Okay. Now I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Where you you probably you know there's some of it I'm like I don't get. But yeah. But sonically, now, like I said, the thing is she's amazing. Got a, she's got a great voice. Yeah. I just don't like her music. Is what it comes down well, to, and, and I'm like that with and that's I'm that thing, guy with a lot of a lot of groups. Well, that's and, a know, great thing about stuff, music so is that it's all subjective. Yeah, you know what you love, somebody else is probably going to hate. Probably more than likely, yeah, so. the other way around. Okay, so now that we've gone on a serious tangent about stuff that has nothing to do with this but <laughs> if you're new to the show welcome to the yeah, show exactly my last one yeah and this is not like because it's really really tough to overshadow the original artist you gonna get hate on this one Pro- eh, no but i think i think this one is, has universally been accepted but it's really tough to overshadow prince okay and that would be Sinead O'Connor. well nothing yeah compares to you well, Basically, 
he he ho- recorded it yeah before but he handed it to her and said you should do this song yeah and it's one of those things that like if you go and listen to his version of it and then you listen to her version of it you can tell which one's the superior version oh absolutely it's um, absolutely and like i said it is tough the pain to that she puts into that i mean it is tough to overshadow prince yeah. especially with his own music and yeah she did it so yeah um is there anything else that we're missing here all right since we've got a little bit of time yeah we're going to get into some movies here okay i only have one remake on here that i think is better than the original okay and it's the uh the remake of dawn of the dead that zach um really uh what's his name zach um Schneider. Schneider did back in the early mid 2000s. Yeah. I like it better than the original Romero. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that that the original movie came out in the mid 70s and it's got that mid 70s feel That's to what I it, actually you know, like about that kind it. Of stuff. This being an updated version plus they also had the the fast zombies and they made them a little more menacing. Well, you know, yeah. Some of that, let's be honest, some of the stuff that happens in the original Dawn of the Dead is kind of hokey. Well, it I, was I mean, the 70s. I know. But this one took it a little more seriously of like, hey, you know, this is this is a real shit we got to deal with, you know, in, yeah. in this universe. And uh, so that's the only remake that I have. Now, I have a handful of sequels, of sequels that I think are, are better than the originals. I'll start. Okay. You're going to do Adam's Family Values. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is a good one that I cannot believe I didn't write on down here because we've talked about that yes. before. And it's true. It's true. Adam's Family Values is better than the Adam's Family. And that is, there. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that whatsoever. I do not know how they managed to do that either. <laughs> Such a great cast. It really, you know, it's all the original people you go back. Plus, you add Joan Cusack into the whole yeah. thing. And that movie is so good. <laughs> <laughs> plus, you throw in uh, Christine Baranski is yeah. in it. And I can't remember the other dude's name. He was on Ally McBeal, the other camp counselor. But, yeah. but it's one of those things where it's just, it is such a good like sequel yes better than better than the original and like i said that that adam's family's movie is good yeah this goes from good to great absolutely (laughs) and then it went all downhill after that it did you know they did that third one what was it family reunion or whatever it was and and they they completely recast everybody and it just straight to video i I didn't i didn't watch the third one because they did recast everybody i know that's that was a good. I I can't believe I didn't have that one on here because that should have been at the very top <laughs> of my list. Um, Even I could still surprise you. Look at there. Um. Some okay. I'm. I put American Pie two on mm, here. I can see that the first movie is really good. You know, um, the second movie actually shows growth in the characters yes. you know of them like okay it's a year later it's they've gone to college now they've learned a lot more about life and this and that and now they're going to go spend the summer together to you know be child yeah you know type stuff you know, they, they have to get jobs because well, they can't afford it everybody and, you know, has learned more about except for stifler except, except for stifler because stifler is always stifler i mean that is there's no ifs ands buts about it and uh 
Um, if you want to know more about that, go back and listen to our clips episode and Dave talking about. Oh, <laughs> oh you do that to uh, me. Uh huh. That's not very uh, nice. Yeah, that's what I do. Uh, so, <laughs> but American Pie Two is one of those rare, like, and especially for that genre. Yeah. You know, you, you look at that first American Pie movie, and it's you know, it's a it's a teen TNA comedy. You know, yeah. that they were trying to they were you know they were trying to bring a lot of that that gross out and you know that that real like kind of yeah over the top eighties vibe back into it. And but then you get to the second movie, and it's like now this movie's got a lot of heart to it. This is uh this is you see these characters progressing. You yeah. Know? Um, and American Wedding is not a bad movie either. It's but it's lesser than the first two now american reunion yeah is maybe on par with the first one like really you know pretty good for especially for a sequel that was over what seven or eight years later or whatever you know and kind yeah. of recatching back up with these characters again and stuff so that's the one where uh his 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 the girl he used to babysit, the babysitter yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Step, step, what are you doing in here yeah i know come on man yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, you got another one? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. I did not put that one on mine. I am going with the Randy theory from Scream 2 on this one. Of It's part of a trilogy, so therefore it's not really a sequel. It was an over... Um, and also the fact we've talked about this before, I think that Star Wars is a better movie so that's <laughs> i mean the only thing we really agree on this is the clerk's theory where the third one was just a bunch of moments exactly you know it's like, yeah. um, nothing i mean no empire is good don't get me wrong i love empire okay. yeah i mean it, it's good but as i have said before given the opportunity yeah i will watch the first star i will watch star wars before i watch empire and especially jedi okay. <laughs> but yeah. but but no i get it uh all agreed upon that's one of those things you know people kind of agreed upon oh yeah it's a better movie you know yeah um well since we're talking about clerks i'm going with clerks 2 clerks 2 is amazing clerks is a great movie because it captured a moment in time for generation x yeah clerks 2 is a better movie because it captures Gen X's midlife crisis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, yep. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it definitely, you know, donkey show aside, it's still one of those things where it's like you watch that movie and there is so much heart in that movie. Where the, the, whole, the whole thing is summed up really well in the car on the way back. And yes, and that's one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever. I've talked about that before. Yeah. Whenever Dante asked Randall, like, "Why do you want to go to the uh, to the go karts when you know, you're you're an adult, you can drive?" You know, he's like, "Because it reminds me of a, of a, a better time in life." Yep. And um, what is it? He says it's something about. It. He's like, "I just some days." He's like, "He's like, I, I just feel like the world has passed us by," you yep. know, type. And and I get that. I've felt that way. And especially around the time that movie came out, I was feeling that pretty, pretty I think, hard. I think we both again. Were. It was one of those things. It was kind of it was capturing Gen X's midlife crisis that was happening a lot sooner than most people have their midlife crisis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. most people wait until they're like you know in their fifties or something. We were having it in our early thirties. <laughs> yep, I have many times 
said, there's not going to be a midlife, like a traditional midlife crisis for me because I've already had mine. It's over now. We're good. So, yeah. but yeah, clerks too. I mean that it's, I know some people might think that's blasphemy, but it's true. No, so, I, I can't disagree with you. I can't. What you got? Um, I don't know that I've got much else. Like I said, I didn't. No, go ahead and say what you were going to say. What you said oh, earlier. You want me to? Okay. Yeah, so you can really like piss some people off. <laughs> I didn't say they were better uh-huh. than the original. What I said was, I love the Godfather movie. Okay. I like the third one. I don't think the second one was as good as the other two. All right. I I like the third one. People bag on the third Godfather movie, I know. but I I really like the third one. I like the the symbolism between the opera that Tony's right. son was in and what happens actually on the steps right. at the end. Um, I I just really like the third one. Okay. I think the second one is cool because it's doing the back and forth between right, when right. showing the yeah, yeah showing the backstory. But I think the first and the third are the better of the of okay. the. Trilogy. That is again, I have no dog in this hunt because I don't really care yeah. for those. And I have not seen the third one. But uh, I didn't really care much for either. of I watched the first two like yeah because it's like I'd never seen them before, so I was like I went and rented them back when there were still video stores, and uh, and I watched both of them. I was like, eh, they're, they're all right. You know, I'll make you sit down and watch a third one. I think you'll yeah, agree with I'd me. Probably not because I didn't like I said I didn't, I didn't really care much for the the first two. So, eh. but. I'm not even getting angry over it because okay, I've, I've already, I know. But the I've thing already is, fought is, with you, you know, because there's. You know, first off, it's me saying that I don't really care for the Godfather movies. Usually, sets people off. Yeah. But the fact is, you know, the Godfather three just celebrated its thirtieth anniversary, and even thirty years later, people are still bagging on that film about being I, terrible. I, I'm, I'm going to say they're wrong. So yeah, they're absolutely wrong. Hey, it's it's all opinion. We all have one. You know, it's and theirs a, is wrong. There you go. <laughs> uh. Here's one you might not see coming. Okay. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. No, I could totally see that. That one, I thought that first Hellboy movie was good. I own it. Not great, but good. Yes. And when they announced they were making a second one, I'm like, all right, I like that first one well enough. And I actually went to the theater to see that. I didn't get to see the first one in the theater. I went to the theater to see the second one. I was like, yeah. This is great. Yeah, I love this. I can't. I hope they make a third one. They never did. Well, <laughs> it sucked because it didn't do I, I, well at the theater. And yeah, so it well, was it like, was ah, already kind of a cult film right, anyway. Right. And then they released the second one. They got a bigger budget for it right. and did really good job with it. And I was like, oh, maybe I know. maybe Del Toro will do a third one. And he, he, be he real... kept saying he wanted to. Yeah. yeah, he had a third. He had a script ready and everything, and then it just never it and never so they, materialized. They redid it. Yeah. I they, haven't they, seen, I haven't seen the remake. So. I haven't seen the remake because, one, I really like the first one. And, two, I really like the Netflix show Stranger Things. Yeah. And they got... Yeah, the guy that plays, Har- yeah, yeah. plays Harper, I know. he. Uh, um, I don't want to... Don't want to have a taint on him when Stranger okay, Things comes fair back, enough. which is what I'm afraid will happen. You know, I, I just it. thought of a remake that I actually like better than the first one. Okay. That might be heresy to some people okay it's another horror movie okay friday the 13th i have not seen the remake the remake is really good because basically what it does is it takes the first three movies yeah and puts them all together and it kind of gives you a little more of that that kind of hurts me a little bit jason why is jason here and doing what he's doing you know that actually hurts me a little bit because 
you know, I've talked about this right. on a previous show. Friday the 13th Part 3 was actually my first horror movie. Right. Well, technically it was Creep Show. The second one was Friday the 13th Part 3. So right. Part 3 has a special place. I get it. Um, in my machete pierced <laughs> heart. Um, well, like I said, but they did. They basically took the first three and yeah. they, they put them together, put them together. Uh, which makes sense rather than. Any, any, especially the early films in that series. Yeah. The fact that, and also the timeline's a little weird. Like the second one takes place like a year after the first one, but then the third one takes place like the next day, or something like it's some weird yeah. like you know. So basically taking all those and putting them together and saying, okay, this is where it started, this is where Mrs. Voorhees, you know, all this stuff happened, and then he was basically let loose on the world at this point yeah. and then we get to this point and then they start telling their story so basically they take those first three movies yeah. and kind of condense it down into the first mm-hmm. half hour of the movie and then start telling their story yeah. out beyond that and it also makes a little more sense the way that they did with jason of why he's doing what he's doing well, rather than maybe i need to go back rather and than it, and, and you know whereas you know like when Rob Zombie remade Halloween, it's not a bad remake, but I they like did, the Rob I, Zombie. I like it too. Halloween. Don't get me wrong, I like it too. But it's still one of those things where they went a little too far into the explanation of why Michael Myers acts the way he does. I'll agree okay. with that. Yeah. In this one, giving Jason Voorhees, basically, it's he wants to be left alone. Yeah. And and these kids keep coming to this this camp, this lake. And won't leave him alone. So it gives perfect reason for him to actually be doing what he's doing, like killing yeah. these people, because it's one of those things like, look, if you guys would just go away, this will stop. I'm now, not going to go. I'm not going to go to Manhattan and try to, you know, yeah. whatever. Just go away and leave me alone. And they won't do it. So. Well, and and I agree with you that yeah. with the Rob Zombie Halloween, they over explained it. Part of the reason the original John Carpenter was so terrifying is that. He was literally faceless. There, there's right, no right. explanation. He was, was called the shape for you know, in yeah. the original script. That's all it was. You so. know, there's no explanation for this. It's just a wild terror out mm-hmm. in the world killing people. Mm-hmm. It's like a force of nature more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a tornado. So, yeah. But, you know, in the Rob Zombies, I really like the Rob Zombies because they do go more into detail, but they went too much into detail. They right. took some of the the mythology away from Michael right, right, at right, that so. point. And I absolutely cannot stand the Friday, uh, the nightmare on Elm street. Reboot. I didn't even, I'd bother because I watched it and I was like, this is again, no. it's one of those things when they first announced that Jackie Earl Haley was going to play Freddy Krueger. I'm like, okay, I can get on board with this. And the first trailer that I saw for that, whenever the, that iconic where he's looking yeah. like when he comes through the bedroom wall, like he's in and it was like, why did you do that in CGI? That's dumb looking. Yeah. It would. Why did you not go practical? This was an easy thing to do practically. Yeah. And you didn't. And I was like, I'm not watching this. And then everything I heard after that was how terrible it was. No, it was so, garbage. Yeah. I, I hated it. And, yeah. You know, I was a Freddy fan. You know, I mm-hmm. liked the Nightmare on Elm Street. The second one sucked. Yeah. But you know, I liked them. Um, this one was terrible. Yeah. They, they Dream should, Warriors might actually be on this list of like better than the original you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna make that one of my choices because dream warriors the first one was good but the third one was really it's really where freddie Freddie became freddie yeah yeah Yeah. the first one is a straight up horror movie yeah the third one is where freddie becomes freddie krueger that's where you get his personality absolutely yeah absolutely okay 
Um, Where he actually becomes terrifying. Terminator 2. Yes, you're absolutely correct. Terminator was a good movie. It bombed at the box office. It yeah. did not do it. It found its it found its um, audience when it hit home video. Yeah, that was when it was like oh, and then Schwarzenegger became a thing in the yeah. meantime since then, and so it was one of those things that when Cameron went back and said, hey, I want to I've got I want to do a sequel, and they gave him a big budget and all this kind of stuff, and then he went out and made a phenomenal movie. Yes, he did. <laughs> I'm sorry, that whole thing of him, you know, walking into that bar naked, beating the crap out of those guys, oh, yeah, taking yeah. the leathers and riding off on that a, I know. on that Harley Davidson fat boy. I know, you you've dreamt of doing that, haven't you? No. <laughs> no, I don't I don't even I want a bike. I'm not gonna lie. I want a bike, but I don't want the fat boy because of no. the solid rims and right, those things. Right. You catch a crosswind and you know, next thing you know you find yourself in oncoming traffic. Okay, well there you go. Yeah. But yeah, that one's a good one. Of course, Aliens. I hesitated to put Aliens on here because Alien is a horror movie in space. Yeah. Aliens is an action flick. Yeah, and you know they're two. They're good, both great movies, but they're two different types yeah. of mo- styles of movies. You know. Um, yeah. What I did put on here because again changes the style quite a bit, but really, really took the took the dynamic to where it needed to. I put Logan on here oh no you're absolutely correct um you know of course we'd had you know the x-men movies yep um you know one two and three and then we, we had, had the wolverine and, movie and then we had terrible wolverine or x-men origins wolverine movie yeah. and then the wolverine came out yep. and it was a lot better like i actually enjoyed that movie I like quite that a one. bit i'm still mad at the wolverine origins at no, screwing no, up the deadpool they screwed up so much in that it's yeah. not even funny but then Logan came out. Now, I'll admit, I like the Gambit that's in that one. Yeah. I like Gambit in that one. But when Logan hit, it's almost four years ago now. Yeah. And they basically said, okay, we're going to do Wolverine right. We're going to make this And we're going to do old man, Lo- yeah, the, old man Logan. Kind of did old. They, yes and no. They, they, there were elements from Old Man Logan that they yeah. put in this. But it really was a perfect send-off for uh, Hugh Jackman yeah. as that character because it's one of those things. It's like, dude, I've lived way too long. I've seen way too much stuff. I want to be left alone, but it's obvious that I can't be. Yeah. And so this is where I make my stand. And yep. it's such a good movie. It is such a good you know, it, it does go back to like it you know, it has that Sergio Leone, the man with no name yeah. feel to it, you know, as well as, you know, it really has a Western feel to it, you know, like an Unforgiven or something, you know, maybe even, oh. the, or maybe even like, uh, you know, like the Wild Bunch or something where it's this, we're, we're no, taking all the, rom- we're, we're taking all of the, the romance out were, of this. You were and, more right about Unforgiven. Yeah, yeah. That, that's more along that line. Yeah, yeah, but it's one of those things where it's like, we're going to take all the romance out of the superhero stuff. Yeah. And we're just going to show you the the down and dirty. This is this is how it ends. This is you know, and that that speech that he gives, you know, where he that, where she's got the comic books, yeah. And he's like, no, none of these. Like maybe maybe a quarter of this happened, maybe. Yeah. But it wasn't like this. It was it was you know it was dirty. It was bad. People died. You know, I mean, it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, that's a yeah. Again, it's that it's that old gunfighter at the end of his his life what i love is when he falls asleep and the kids actually give him the haircut and the beard from the comic book (laughs) i love that what did Uh, you no no i can't believe yeah i know it's a 
Um, I have one more on here. Yeah, okay. Another movie near and dear to my heart, and you might argue the Randy rule on this one. Okay. But I have The Dark Knight. Because Batman Begins... No, I'm not going to argue the Randy. You're absolutely correct. Batman Begins was a a good great reboot of that series especially after what we'd gone through with the joel schumacher movies in the 90s okay Um, okay i know it's a trilogy i know it's turned into a trilogy into a trilogy right but as somebody who grew up a frank miller but you can pull any of those movies and watch them yeah individually yeah you You don't you don't have to see you don't have to see what batman begins to understand the dark knight right Dark Knight Rises, you might need to see The Dark Knight yeah. to to, to kind of, you know, but it's still accessible enough. The, but as somebody who grew up with Frank Miller Batman, mm-hmm. you know, that, that whole Frank, including The Dark Knight, you know, returns. Oh, yeah. Um, for me, these three were the Batman movies we deserved. Right. It's the ones we've been waiting for, and, honestly. And honestly, the when I, I went and saw the last one in the theater by myself, and when the credits rolled, I was like, perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's also one of those with The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. It's that, you know, as you're seeing Robin, you know, yeah. go into the Batcave, you know, and then it just ends. Yeah. And it's like. No, one more scene. Yeah. We need to see him in the back. We need to see him in the suit. You know, and yeah. it's like, but it's still one of those things where it's like, no, that was perfect. That was, you know, and, and I don't want the Dark Knight Rises. Somebody, look, the Dark Knight yeah. Rises has its issues. It there, does. There are some things that don't quite work in there. Yeah, but it's still one of those things where it works enough for my taste. The Dark Knight. Yeah. Me and one of my friends have have had arguments about this movie for 12, almost 13 years now. Okay. He says that The Dark Knight is not a Batman movie. It's a Joker movie. I cannot disagree with that. The problem, though, is that the Joker's only in that movie for like 45 minutes of a two-and-a-half-hour movie. I can't disagree with that either. You know, so it's one of those things. Now, he's looming over top of everything I was, I was gonna from say, the very beginning you e- know even in the scenes that he is not in right he's looming he's he, he ledger is in those i scenes. know that the threat is real yeah you know uh heath ledger's interpretation of the joker yes is it's it's both fascinating and, and haunting and haunting and scary as shit yeah um, because, you know, and it's that whole, you know, Alfred gives that, that speech, you know, he's like, some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. And that really, and truly, you know, that the whole with him, you know, he says, he's, I'm an agent of chaos. I'm, you know, and you feel it, especially in that interrogation scene. Yeah. That interrogation scene is one of the best things that's been ever put to film. This, this scene? Yeah. That's right before that. I know. Because it's like, because. He knows something you don't know. It was and all that was I know, improvised. I know that was totally I know. improvised. But it's one of those things where he's just like, it's one of those things when the Joker knows something that you don't know. Yeah, we're all screwed. You know, what, what are you doing? You never start with the head. I know. It's yes. like makes you all fuzzy. You know, and then he like hits him in the hand. He's like, yeah, that's better. Yeah, <laughs> which you know lends to the you know there, there's been some speculation that 
whoever the Joker was. Well, he, yeah. he was a soldier. Yeah. That that did like probably that, special ops. Exactly because he in that scene he's talking about. Yeah, again, you don't. You never start with the head. Yeah, you know, you start with something. You know, like you work your way up to that. And uh, several things that happen throughout, like he's using a rocket launcher. He's you know, and all this kind of stuff. You know, and it's one of those things where it's like he's using he's improvised munitions, right? But he 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 makes that he has that speech, um, where he says, you know, you know, people die every day. You know, it's like a soldier gets killed, and nobody says anything about it. You know, like, yeah. Where he make it's one of those things where it's like, this is a dude that's seen some stuff and. He came back not all there. Yeah. And decided that he was an agent of chaos and it's it's time. Yeah. You know, it's it, I am just going to do what the world wants me to do. Yeah. In his in, in his head, you know, type thing. Um, you know, and that is it's so it, I hate for multiple reasons. It's losing Heath Ledger so young. Yeah. And not getting to see him play that role again yeah this is just you know it, it and i don't want to you know because it's one of those things you know, he left a young daughter yep you know and all that kind of you know uh, you know friends and family and everything that's the more important thing of losing him so young yeah but it was also one of those things you watch that movie and you're like this guy had a lot in front of well, him. It, it's he like losing a him a lot in front of it it's like losing philip hoffman seymour Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Sorry, I yeah, messed I it up. It's, I mean, it's easy to do. One of those three, one of those three names yeah. people. But um, I mean, there's there's been a rash of those right the last decade or so yeah. where they were really they needed help. Somebody knew they needed help and should have got them. Some right. Help. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that uh, that's my last one. I have. You know, it's one of those things, especially when you start getting into the superhero. You know. Especially, you, know, you get over into the Marvel stuff, which we didn't even get into, you no. know, I mean, because it's one of those things that, you know, you could honestly say that, like, you know, um, uh, what was the last um, Avengers movie? Endgame. Endgame was basically the sequel to, like, 25 other movies, you know, <laughs> it's kind of, that. that's one of those things where, you know, you know it's, I, I said that especially, you know, like when the first Avengers movie came out, that that yeah. movie is a sequel to five other movies. Yeah. Which it really is, you know. But it's just one of these things where, you know, we just kept building this world bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, they didn't and they didn't just do sequels. They went for an entire universe. universe exactly. They built a universe you know, and, and there did are, an excellent job There are it. some of them like, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier is better than the first yeah. Captain America. I mean, that – and it's one of those things that it's a, it is a – Well, you had to start somewhere. Right. It's like the first Thor movie is literally just a the introduction. The third one's the better one. Is the best of the three of yeah. them, though. I mean – Ragnarok that, is Ragnarok awesome. Ragnarok is the best one of those. Yeah. Um, I'm actually looking forward to Love and Thunder. We'll see. I'm not a big fan of the Jane Foster Thor, you know, because that comes from the comic books. Yeah, I you know. know. So, but it's more of I'm I don't know. I, I we'll have to see what they do because the thing is, is Marvel many times yeah. starting with the first Thor movie when they that that was coming out, I was like, all right, this is where they're going to screw it up. You know, we're only. Three, you know, three uh, three sequels in at this point, or three movies in at this yeah. point, and this is where they're going to screw it up. And then they got it right, okay. And then okay, well, but they're going to they're going to screw up. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, then they got it right. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, well, okay, they, they got they got both of those right. Right. And yeah. I'm actually I'm looking forward to the third one because yeah, they've got too. they've I got a too. James Gunn back. Yeah. So it's one of those things that you know I, I but I didn't want to get into that stuff because you could go down such a rabbit hole of like okay yeah. which one's better than this and this is blah 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 you know because uh, superhero movies for the last twenty 
20 well, years on the marvel on the marvel side have been good I wish somebody would take the DC universe and do with well, it. Well, you know, we're supposed to be getting that Snyder cut of Justice League here pretty soon. Well, they've and, already put out ads for it. And right. It's over on uh, HBO, HBO Max. Max. I know. But now, unfortunately, we got a Wonder Woman 1984, which was terrible. I still haven't seen it yet. Oh, bad! And that first movie was so good. Oh, the first movie. Love was that first awesome. movie, and this is just terrible. I mean. terrible. Terrible, and I hate to say it because I love Gal Gadot, and you know, yeah, and and I like Chris, and I like Chris Pine, you know, yeah. I, and it just, you know, and the thing is, it's like uh, Kristen Wiig and uh, Pedro Pascal, you know, it's like okay, it's got the, it's got the elements of what it needs here, yeah, and then it just fell apart, and it was just so bad. See, I so, haven't seen it yet. So I don't know. So anyway, now that we've gone on for over an hour about <laughs> stuff that we that we kind of knew about and kind of didn't, um, tell us about what your favorite remakes of songs or movies or sequels or whatever it is. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll do a song. We'll do a one about sequel songs because there actually are a few of those out there. It might be a very short episode, but it'd be like three songs long. Eh, actually, probably more than that. You, you start looking into it. There's quite a few of them. Uh, especially getting the meatloaf stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jim, Jim Steinman I know, is a, I know, is a I know, fool I know. for those. So, uh, but anyways. Uh, so, Brian, call us up and let us know let us, how we screwed yeah, this episode yeah, I'm, up. I'm sure it, we're going to hear. I'm sure we're going to hear from several people about, oh, you didn't you didn't mention this. You didn't mention that. Or yeah. how dare you say this, you know. And, this was Brian's idea. Thanks for yeah. actually sending them in. By the way, you can actually send in ideas and make us do work for you. If right. you've got an idea for an episode, you know, get a hold of us on Facebook or just do it on Facebook because we're we're yeah. parent we're, we're we we're yeah the Facebook social, the Facebook social media Instagram. world is really weird right, right. now and so, so Facebook and Instagram are the two places to really find us uh, and we'll also have uh, where you you could email us you know if you have yeah you know, anything you want or you can you know and you of course you can message us through Facebook or Instagram either so way. what's that email projectgenxpod at gmail.com all of our links will be in the description uh before we get out of here i want to give a couple of shout outs well you can also reach me at bigdavexpod at gmail.com gmail. there you go so uh, what are the shout outs a couple of shout outs one uh, and they're both gen x related uh one of them is the uh, uh the gen x grown-up podcast yes they're out of florida uh those guys are really cool and they've got a great show uh, they do have a great show um uh, they they do some of what we do but they they kind of alternate like one week they'll do a, a, like a focus show on like one one topic yeah and the next week they'll kind of do like their recommends and they do a lot of tech stuff oh they do a lot a of a lot tech of tech stuff. and it's really cool those are actually the episodes that i get more into really and i, I listen to all of them so I, I've, I've got to go back and listen to them because they talk about one company where they're having their gaming pcs built yes yes and I I'm, I'm in the <laughs> I need a new laptop there for my video editing and audio editing. So, you're, so. yeah, you're going to go back. Yeah. And the other one is the Untitled Gen X uh, podcast. Yeah. Which um, hi, ladies. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for. Uh, uh, we've been kind of conversing with them through Facebook a little bit, um, but we gave them. Uh, we definitely gave them a shout out because they uh, talked about the Joshua Tree by U2, which is one of my favorite albums yeah. of all time. Uh, but they do all kinds of cool. They they did episodes on Heather's, and they did one about Cindy Lauper about She's So Unusual. Yep. They did. Uh, uh, oh, uh, they did the uh, the first Skid Row album. Yes, they I, talked I about yeah, to that one. So, yeah, <laughs> so it's that that is. Uh, uh, I really enjoy listening to them. So go and uh, go and listen to them as Skid well. Row. 
and uh, you know, uh, give them some uh, get some support out there as well. And uh, so, anyways, I'll put uh, links to all that stuff absolutely in the show notes. Um, and yeah, everybody. Let's support each other. You know, that's ultimately what it comes down to. You know, yeah, we uh, we gotta we gotta circle the wagons against yeah. the zenials because evidently yeah. they're trying to come after us. But <laughs> if you go can? to if you go to the uh, the untitled uh, Gen X. Um, uh, their Facebook page. There was this great TikTok about you know questions to ask Gen Xers. That yeah. is <laughs> that is one I showed it to Dave earlier, and we were just both sitting there going, "Oh man, these stupid millennials!" It's like, yeah, he <laughs> was like, "Oh, they're coming after us." <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever, exactly. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. I'm Alan Smith. I'm the other guy. Big day. <laughs> we'll see you next time. See ya.